Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? What's good? What's good? What's up? What's up? How's everybody doing? <clears throat> Going into the weekend, a holiday weekend. How's everybody doing out there? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the IKP.ZK podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Saturday episode. So you guys know how we give it up on Saturdays, a Saturday episode. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Got some time. Got- Got some pretty, you know, we're going to be talking about a lot of accountability today um, on today's episode. Can't wait to dive into that. Obviously, we got some playoff talk we need to get into. Got an interesting comp. I got an, I got an interesting topic. I got a couple interesting topics that we're going to thoroughly discuss. We're going to thoroughly discuss it today um, on today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Let's get situated. Um, <clears throat> I'm your humble, highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. Um, shouts out to everybody listening. Shout out to all the first time listeners. Shouts out to all the regular listeners. Um, shout out, shouts out to anybody that's just listening and supporting. Greatly appreciated. As I've mentioned, Fourth of July this weekend. Uh, stay safe. Be safe. Um, and you know. Important to note, the Phoenix Suns advanced to the NBA Finals for the third time in franchise history, if I'm not mistaken. Um, congratulations to the Phoenix Suns for beating the Clippers in six games, getting to the NBA Finals. Chris Paul, you know, he, he he's, he's going to make his first Finals appearance in his 16-year career, his first Finals appearance in his 16-year career. Um, and the Phoenix team as a whole, like the raw, the Phoenix roster as a whole, they have it. They don't have much finals experience at all. Uh, Jay Crowder is the only player that has played in a NBA finals game. He's played in six NBA finals games. Um, so that should be, uh, that's be pretty interesting. Uh, like I said, I'm going to talk about Phoenix a little bit later, but I'm I want to get to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Hawks. Uh, game five, and it's quite interesting what we have brewing because I think we can all agree, you know, avid basketball fans could agree, you know, whatever. This postseason has this postseason has been derailed, derailed by injuries, a lot of injuries to notable and impact and impactful um, and superstar quality players or stars, right? Um, a lot of teams have had to play playoff games without their best player. And another uh, and we have two instances of that with Atlanta and Milwaukee once again. Obviously we know about Brooklyn who got hurt, obviously we know about the Lakers. You know, there the Nuggets with no Jamal Murray. We so there's a there's a litany of teams. The Clippers without Kawhi, a litany of injuries to star players um in this postseason. And Often when we see these teams and they play without their stars and they and they happen to win a game, we automatically hear the question or hear the conversation about or the discussion about is such and such better without star player, right? And I'm sure if you guys, if you guys, I'm 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 not I'm not sure, <laughs> you guys may listen to other sports uh podcasts or other sports shows and so forth other than mines um if you do li- if you do just listen to mines thank you but if you listen to other sports shows that's okay too um i'm gl- i'm just glad you're here with me right now um you've probably seen and heard the discussion about if the bucks like are the bucks better without Giannis now i'm just going to go ahead and nip this in the bud right now and tell you, the Bucks are not better without Giannis. Um, and I, and I'm I'm explain the whole this whole thing with star players getting hurt and then eventually their teams, you know, experiencing some success even without their presence um, on the floor. And I think an example of this, and I talked, you, you can you can go back and listen to the previous episode because I talked about this, where um, I felt in Game Four. That was a trap game for the Milwaukee Bucks. If Trey Young, that's what I said. If Trey, that exactly what I said. I said if Trey Young 
does not play in game four, that is a trap game for the Milwaukee Bucks. That is a trap game. Um, and indeed it was. The Hawks cashed in even without Trey Young, and they 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 won the game pretty handily. Now, in the third quarter, Milwaukee, you know, we all know about the Giannis injury that happened in the third quarter, but Atlanta had control of the game uh throughout the whole entire game. I even talked about it with the Clippers. The Clippers are not better without Kawhi. They're not. Star players are star players for a reason. And you're and, I, and the Clippers are not better without Kawhi. Um I think Paul George individually individually I think he's better without Kawhi. But as a whole, the Clippers as a whole unit, I don't think they're better as a team. Um, and the same goes for the Hawks. I don't think they're better without Trey Young. But I think there is an example where we have, and we have, there's there's countless of examples where a team could not, a team could lose their star player due to injury. And they, they and they, they win, they, they, they're able to win a playoff game. Right, we've seen it with Atlanta. We've seen it with the Clippers. The Clippers won a few; play- they won several playoff games without Kawhi. Um, Milwaukee just Game Five; they won a playoff game last night. So, let me explain why why that is. I think, and often when we see these stars go down, we often think the team that's losing a star that kind of puts them behind the eight ball, and we just lose all hope. But actually, look at it from this standpoint. The team, the opposing team, that's so used to defending that star and and, and they're so used to defending this particular team a certain way. For example, look at Atlanta. Atlanta, and I talked about this. You can go back and listen to my previous episode if you don't believe me. Atlanta and Trey Young. When Trey Young is on the floor, he is their primary ball handler. He's ball centric. He creates shots just for just about for everybody on the floor. And Atlanta plays that. They play that one style. And it's a it, it, you know, it's gotten them, it's gotten them this far to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they do play this one style, and it is predictable. So when you take Trey Young out the equation, like I said. I don't think the Hawks are a better team without Trey Young, but they become more balanced. They have more of a balanced attack on offense. And this is why I said in game four, that could be a trap game for the Milwaukee Bucks. And this is the key point. The Hawks were a more balanced offensive. They had a more balanced offensive attack. In Game Four, now could that can, now can't is that going to win them a championship? Obviously, no. But could that win them one game? Yes, and it did. Atlanta Atlanta role players came to play. They were all sharing the ball. They all, like guys like Bondanovich got more touches. Guys like Lou Williams got more minutes and got more touches. Guys like John Collins got more touches, got more minutes. Guys like Chris Dunn got more touches, got more minutes. So they had to rely on each other, and it was a balanced offensive attack. And that's why Milwaukee really couldn't figure out what to do. Because they weren't used, they weren't you Atlanta with no Trey Young, Atlanta gave Milwaukee a different look to defend. And Milwaukee haven't seen that for the entire series. Because with Trey Young, they play that one style. But you know Trey Young, he's the primary playmaker, and he's an elite playmaker. He's an elite scorer. He's an elite offensive player. But they play that one style, and it it becomes predictable. And you can look at Milwaukee in Game Five yes last night. Milwaukee with Giannis, like I said, I don't think the Bucks are better without Giannis. But I do think in Game Five last night they had a more they had a more balance attack they had a balance attack in and it made it made the bucks offense unpredictable because they were moving the ball around 
and you didn't really know who to key, you don't know who to really key in on. That's the same, and it's vice versa for the Bucks when the Hawks didn't have Trey Young. You don't know who to key in on because they're giving you different looks. And with Milwaukee, they played Bobby Porter's more minutes. With Giannis going down, Bobby Porter's played more minutes. He played really well. Bobby Porter's played really well. He had 22 points in 36 minutes, 22 and 8. Um, you know, Like I said, uh, Brooke Lopez, he was the leading scorer for the Bucs. He had 33 points. Chris Middleton had 26. Drew Holiday had 25. So you, Pat Connaughton had nine points. He had three threes. So you're seeing, you see the balance attack. And like I said, with Giannis, it's a more, it's it's a predictable style. Now Giannis is very hard to stop. Trey Young is very hard to stop, but it's a predictable style, and the opposing team knows what's coming. But with with both of these teams not having their stars, you don't know what's coming. And Milwaukee. They exploited that last night in Game Five, where they they gave the Atlanta Hawks a different look, a different style, because they didn't have no Giannis. So this is why I think in, in, in this type of in when I'm what I'm describing about a more balanced offense, it's it doesn't mean just because they're more balanced offensively, it doesn't mean that they're better in long term, because like I said. I don't think teams like Atlanta without Trey Young, obviously they're not better without Trey Young. Uh, the Bucks, they're not better without Giannis. Can they win a game or two without this without these guys? Yes. And I think the Bucs are certainly capable of winning a game or two without Giannis versus this Hawks team. I do think they're capable of that. But in a long-term run, it, th- th- throughout the postseason, throughout a 82-game regular season, are these teams better without their core players? No, obviously not, because they're core pieces for a reason. But for a one- or two-game stretch, can these teams give the, the opposing defense can, – can, can these teams give the defense a different look and make it very difficult for them to defend – because they don't have their best player? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is that is how that's the that's that's the explanation on why Atlanta won game four. That's the explanation why Milwaukee won game five. That's the that's the explanation to why certain teams are winning games without their best player. It gives them a it gives the def, it gives the opposing team a different look defensively because they're not just playing that style that they play with their star player, and then offensively for the team that lost their star player, it's a more balanced attack. So the defense can't really key in on one guy. As I read, as I read you, the Bucks last night had four players score over twenty or more points. Who do you key in on if you're Atlanta? <laughs> you can't key in on Middleton because you got you got Brook Lopez getting 33. You got Drew Holiday getting 25. So you can't key in all on one guy. I think that is the explanation as to why teams have been able to find has have been able to win certain games or win win some games without their best player in this postseason. I think that's the explanation why. Like I said, in the long term, in the long run. Do I think these teams are do I think these teams are better without Giannis or Trey Young or Kawhi Leonard? No, certainly not. No. But you can go back and even look at the Phoenix series. The first two games of the Phoenix series, the Phoenix Suns won both games, but they played a up and they played an up and down tempo. They gave the Clippers a different look than what they were expecting. The Clippers, they, you know, they didn't see they didn't see Chris Paul for the first two games. And Phoenix was just running up and down, high octane offense, high tempo. So that's the explanation why. If you were if you were wondering why you know teams like Atlanta won a game versus no, they won a game because of those two reasons. Those two those are the two key reasons why. More balanced offensive attack, and you're giving you like. The defense, the opposing team can't key in on one guy. 
They can't key in on one guy, and you're giving them different looks. Um, so let's shift gears. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to another topic. Uh, that is getting a lot of buzz, and I'm gonna break it down for you. All right. Okay. So let's shift to a topic that everybody was talking about, right? Everybody is talking about this topic. Um, <clears throat> and we, you know, when this this big when a story spreads, it spreads like a wildfire, and everybody grabs hold of it. And it's related to sports, obviously. So I'm gonna talk about it. Uh, Shakari Richardson. Sh- Shakari Richardson. Uh, track star, American champion. Um, you know she's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. One, she won. She won the Olympic uh, trials on June nineteenth, uh, where she ran like a a ten eight. Was it a ten eight ten seven? So, yeah, she ran like a ten eight ten seven. Um, uh, obviously, she was supposed to take place in the hundred meter in in this upcoming Olympics. Uh, but. As you guys may know, she tested positive for marijuana. And with that, they gave her um, a 30-day suspension, you know, uh, a 30-day suspension. So her her participation within the meet with the 100-meter is questionable. And let me let, – let, let, where, where should I start? And I want to start with accountability. Because I think in today's society, in the society that we live in today, I think sometimes we lose a sense of being accountable. You know, I think we lose a sense of being held accountable for our decisions and actions that we make. And we all know with every action and decision and choice that we make, there's repercussions, there's results, there is a consequence. And when you make a choice, a negative choice, the wrong choice, there's a consequence, right? <laughs> and you know what they say, and I think the fact, now we can talk about the fact that they are testing for weed is stupid and that rule is outdated and we should be past that because it's 2021. Fair. That's fair. If you wanna, if that's your take, if that's your stance, if you wanna, you wanna stand on that. Absolutely, I I agree to a certain degree, because weed is legal in 19 states around the country. There's no scientific data or data that points to weed or marijuana um, being um, being a PED substance or a drug addiction. You know. So it, 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 nothing has pointed towards that. So the fact that if you, like I said, if that's your argument, that the fact that they test for weed and mar- that the fact that they test for marijuana and you think that's outdated, sure. Okay. But Shikari Richardson knew what was at stake. She knew the consequence that would come with a choice. And that choice that she made, here goes the consequence. I, I mean, I, I think it's simple. I think it's simple. It's I, and I kind of feel bad. I, I feel a little bad. I do because when I first saw the story, I'm like, wow, she she killed that. She killed. She was a beast at the Olympic at the Olympic trials. You know, a lot of people had high aspirations for her coming into Olympics, going into Tokyo. A lot of people. And, you know, she spent, she, last four years of her life, she's dedicated her time, her life. Like I said, her last four years, she has dedicated her time, her body, everything. She's, she's probably sacrificed so much, um, even to be, even to be in this position. But that's what make it, like, that's what makes the decision and the choice. It makes it a little bit more, even more unsound and stupid, quite frankly. To be quite frank, it's a stupid choice. Weed, and I and I get it. Coping with the her, with her mother's death and you know mental health, I get it. But I think it speaks to even then in that even with that situation, I think that speaks to a bigger conversation 
as far as how do we how do we manage and handle our mental health, you know, properly. But I've always been in the sense, and you even hear you see this with some football players. Okay, weed is weed. If you're gonna smoke it, okay. But don't smoke it and let that jeopardize your financial state or 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 the opportunity to participate in your respective sport. If it's gonna if you smoking weed is going to jeopardize your financial ability, whatever, within your professional sport. Or if it's going to jeopardize your availability to participate in your sport, you can't smoke it. If it's a rule, you can't break it. Like like rules, and like I said, there's a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of rules in 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 the world that we live in that aren't great rules, but you still got to follow them. You still got to follow them. So I feel like this is a this is a case of her making a decision, making a choice. She knew what was at stake. She knew the consequence behind the choice, and she still went that di- that direction. I'm not and and I'm not slam. I'm not trying to slander her because she's probably going through enough. I'm not. I'm not. But I'm just. I'm just giving you my opinion on the situation. And I'm not gonna be the I'm not gonna be the one that poo poos her. I'm not. I'm just not. And P- I see people, you know, they're coming to bat for Shikari. You know, they're they're coming to the a lot of athletes are supporting her, and that's okay. But you shouldn't you like you should have like you you shouldn't even have the rules if you're going to let people break them based on how great they are. You shouldn't have it. So they can't they can't let Shikari Richardson slide because and, and we're only in. Let's be honest. A lot of people are coming to her defense and supporting her because she had a great because like that was that was that was our that was our USA. That was our best chance to win at 100 meter. She's great. She's phenomenal. But if this was somebody else who was. Who was not who's not as great not as good, not as fast, we wouldn't even be doing this. We would our, our panties wouldn't even be in a bunch. But so we can't so we can't break the rules and bend the rules based on a person based on how good a person is in a particular sport. We can't. We can't. And with Shakari Richardson, like I said, I feel bad for. I feel a little. I, I feel a little bad for because you know, like I said, she worked hard. She probably dedicated a lot. Going, you know, sacrificed a lot coming into this situation and trying to, uh, you know, qual even qualify the, for the Olympics. And like I said, she dominated in the Olympic trial, but she ultimately made a decision, and she knew the weight that that decision would carry. So I can't. I can't like I'm not going to feel any type of sympathy when she knew what what was at stake and she still made the choice. She still made the choice. I I, I can't feel I can't feel for you when you knew what was at stake and you still made the decision. I can't. I'm not, and I like. I'm not. I'm not saying she's a great. Like I said, she's a great athlete. I, I think. I hope the best for her. I hope she's doing well. Uh, I hope that she learns from this situation. But I can't feel for her because, or I can't sympathize because she knew it was at stake. And like I said, okay, if you wanna, I'm not. I'm. You know, I. I don't smoke. But if you if you do that, if you partake in that and you smoke weed, okay. If you smoke marijuana, okay. It's legal in 19 states. And and, and to a bigger degree, and to a bigger point, I think America needs to figure out like, okay, we're fully legalizing weed or we can't or weed is illegal. Like 
you can't just have it illegal in 19 states and then you know, like I feel like they're you know in the other 31 states you're still trying to figure it out. I I, I can't. So we got to they got to figure that out. That's but that's a bigger com that's a bigger conversation that I don't even want to go get into. But but if weed is going to if you smoking weed is going to jeopardize your availability to partake in your sport then you should not smoke it. If you know there's a rule where you, or a drug test coming up and you can't smoke, you just can't make that decision. You can't make that choice. But she made that choice. And um and she even said it. She even said it. So I don't even like I like so some of you guys probably don't like my stance on whatever and that's okay. But she even said when I'm saying, I'm going to play it for you. You know, what happened? What led up to this positive test? Um, Just honestly, or just, I want to take responsibility for my actions. I know what I did. I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm allowed not to do. And I still made that decision. But um, not making an excuse or looking for any empathy in my case. But just however... Being in that position of my life, finding out something like that, something that I would say is probably one of the biggest things that have impacted me positively and negatively in my life when it comes to dealing with the relationship I have with my mother. So that definitely was a very heavy topic on me. And people don't understand what it's like to have to... Our people do. We all have our different struggles. We all have our different things we deal with. But to put on a face, to have to go in front of the world and put on a face and hide my pain. Um, like, who? I don't know. Who are you? Or who am I to tell you how to cope when you're dealing with a pain or you're dealing with a struggle that you've never experienced before or that you've never... Okay, you, you get the gist of it, right? And like I said, about how to cope with whatever mental distress that you may have, I think that's a bigger conversation. That's a bigger conversation for another day. Um, in the way I think there's better way, like I said, in my opinion, I think there's better ways to medicate that. But I get it. But also, you know you can't smoke weed. You know your you know the action, you know the consequences that may come with that with the with the actions that you follow through with. As simple as that. Um like I said, hopefully, you know, they find hopefully they find a way to get her. I don't know, but I think I don't I, I think it, it this call where I think they you know they suspended her and so forth. It, it it if that's the rule then that rule needs to be followed. It needs to be followed through. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is. If that's the rule, if that's the rule, it needs to be followed. And it's from the sounds of it, she accepts the consequences of it because she made the choice and she knew what was at stake. And lastly, once again, it's for all the athletes. If you smoke weed, but 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 the potential of you smoking weed could actually jeopardize or potentially jeopardize your availability to participate in your sport. If smoking weed jeopardize the 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 availability the or the, the potential availability where you can't participate in your sport. Then don't smoke it. You can't. You you gotta stay off the weed, as Stephen A would say. You gotta stay off the weed. You you guys you you guys know, uh, <laughs> as Stephen A would say. So that's my take on the Shakari Richardson situation. Um, like I said, I hope she learns from it. It sounds like she has accepted it, and um, I, like I said, you gotta follow through with the rules. I don't care who you are. Um, yeah, let's move on. Um, Reggie Bush, the NIL, <laughs> Reggie Bush is trying to get his Heisman trophy back. Um, you guys want to hear something funny? 
I, and and maybe this is maybe this isn't funny, but I just thought this was like, like oh my goodness, like it was like oh my god moment, right? We're like okay, so you know Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush is trying to get his Heisman back, right? Um, because he took money from age and all that. Reggie Bush doesn't have his Heisman. OJ Simpson does. I'll be back on the other side. Um, <laughs> I'll be back on the other side to talk about the Phoenix Suns. And to before I before I move on, just to clarify, like like I said, my biggest problem with the Shikari uh situ- Richardson situation is the fact that she knew what her choices, she knew the implications that her choices may have. Um, and she still made that choice. And it's just the simple fact that people are trying to back her and like, oh my God, this rule is horrible. And that's the part that kind of gets me. And that's, that's my biggest, like, that's my biggest uh, talking point as far as all we, you know, this rule stinks. And it, like I said, in life, life has a lot of bad rules, right? Like just the, the, the life that we live in the world that we live in has bad rules but you still have to follow them right uh you can't break them and the rule is the rule and no matter who you is who you are excuse me uh you can't break the rule and you can't bend them um like i said we okay like i said i I, i'm not like i said i'm not the biggest proponent of weed and marijuana but if you choose to smoke it and do so, go ahead and do it. It's not a PED, so I see. I don't see why they still test for it. Um, if anything, it kind of one could make the argument that it it diminishes your play. But that's neither here or there. I'm gonna move on. Um, the Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns advanced the West. They no, no, they advanced to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1993. Obviously, with Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley won MVP that year. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, Monty Williams, James Jones, all at the hem uh, for getting the Suns back to the NBA Finals. And I want to talk about Chris Paul a little bit. Uh, As I predicted, even though the Clippers fought really, really, really hard, um, the Clippers, they they battled to the end. Um, they made history themselves this year, getting to the conference finals for the first time um, since being in L.A. at least, you know, for the first time in 50 years, getting to the conference finals. So they made history themselves. Um, but Phoenix was, they, they you know, they were outmanned by Phoenix. Um and Phoenix deserves they, they deserve their props. They Phoenix deserve their just due with advancing to the NBA Finals. And Chris Paul, I, I, I've been saying it all throughout the postseason. The mid-range game is not dying, but it's you don't see it in a lot of you don't see it in players' repertoires as uh as much as you would probably like to see it. And Chris Paul and the and Devin Booker to that point. But Chris Paul is one of those guys. Who has always had a lethal mid-range game, and, he, and it's, it kind of speaks to like um with Chris, you know, a lot of people. I've been hearing a lot of discussion around is Chris Paul a top five point guard of all time, and if he wins a championship, does this puts him in the top five of all time? And if he is in your top five, where he where is he at in your top? Like you know, you know, you you guys know how these legacy discussions and questions go, right? Where you know you win a ring and you know it boosts your resume and so forth. Most times, right? Well, that's the type of discussions that's been swirling around Chris Paul over the last few days. And Chris Paul showed you why he is a all-time great point guard, no matter if you have him top 10, top 5, top 2. Some people even got him outside of their top 10, right? Uh and I think that's kind of I think that's kind of ridiculous. Like if Chris Paul isn't in your top 10, that's kind of it's kind of ridiculous, but uh but Chris is the last of a dying breed, which is the quote-unquote prototypical true old school point guard the guy that is a floor general the guy 
that leads a group of men, the guy that facilitates, score later. They'll like the you guys know the traditional point guard. The the like Chris Paul is literally an extension of John Stockton a bit, right? And there is still value of having a true point guard. And then, like I said, today's game has evolved and expanded, and I think it's for the betterment of the game. Guys like Trey Young and Steph Curry, like Steph Curry and Damian Leonard, these are hybrid guards. They are they can they can shoot the lights out. Shouts out to Rashad Phillips. Um, I like his position, his new his new innovation of the positions in basketball because I do think we gotta we do have to evolve um with the game and the terminology should evolve with the game as well. So and with players' skill sets. So, yeah, I like that, um, but I think there's still true value in having a true point guard. There's still value in having a true point guard. And Chris Paul, like I said, I reiterate, he's like he's like the, the I am, he's like the last breed of that of that cloth right there of a true point guard, a true floor general. Um, and with Chris, with Chris, with Chris, you know. It's just like it's in baseball. It's still like, you know, everybody wants the pitcher that can throw 97 plus fastballs and 97 uh, pitch 97 plus balls per hour, miles per hour uh, in the strike zone. Everybody wants that. But sometimes it's okay to pitch it. Sometimes it's still there's I think there's still value in having a pitcher that can throw that can locate pitches and throw low and away and, and force ground balls. I think there's value still in that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think there's still value with, with baseball. You know, it's a bunch of home runs. You know, you swing. I, I think there's still some type of value in guys that hit singles and doubles. Just like, like I said, for pitchers, I think there's still a value. I think there's still, you know, some. I'm not gonna say they're more valuable than a particular pitcher archetype, whatever. But there is, I think there is still value in the fact that hey, I have a pitcher that can locate, throw, uh, throw low and away, and force you hit a ground ball, which is an easy out. So there, there's still value in that. Um, and football, you can look at it in football. I think there's still value in you know play action passing. You know, well, you know, a lot of teams are getting away from play action passing and going to RPO. Like, I think there's still some value in that. And with Chris Paul, Chris Paul is a walking example. He is still a walking example. And you, you know, you really die, you really dissect this six game series versus the Clippers. Obviously, Chris Paul didn't play the first two games, but you know he came back. And obviously, he struggled because he didn't play basketball or any or didn't really have any physical activities in the last eleven days prior to his return in Game Three. So, of course, he was going to be a bit rusty. But up until Game Six, the elimination game, Chris Paul didn't really play well in this series. Um, but he came through when he needed to. He came through what he needed to, but he, he you know, Chris and and Chris Paul, we, I, we, we people, people throw a lot of slack his way, and rightfully so, because he's had some playoff blunders and some. He's he, he's had his he's had his share of playoff meltdowns, and sometimes his body gives up, um, in the biggest moments. But he came through this time. Uh, he he he's set. He's put Devin Booker in. He's in. I, and you guys know how I feel about this with the, the CP3 effect on Phoenix because I preface my comments very carefully. But he does put guys, Devin Booker, Jay Crowder, Makai Bridges, DeAndre Aiden. He puts these guys in the best position to score the basketball and be the best versions of themselves on offense and on defense. He does. He does. Now, do I think the CP3 effect has been a, a bit, a bit, has it been a bit overstated in Phoenix? Eh, maybe, maybe it has, but he's still, you still, you like there, like I said, there's still value in a guy like Chris Paul and having a point guard like Chris Paul who can set you up and put you in the right positions to score the basketball. And Chris Paul does that. 
And sometimes, occasionally, he has to take over. And that's what he did in game six. He took over. He got hot. Uh, Phoenix, you know, they didn't really have any trouble closing out. Um, the Clippers, they had firm control of the game. Um, you know, going to, like after the second quarter or after the first quarter, I should say, the, the, the Phoenix had control of the game uh, from there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Phoenix, like, and, and you know, people going to say, well, and, 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 and to a certain degree, like I said, I don't want to take anything away from Phoenix um, and their finals run. But I think it, this is a playoff that we'll look back and like, man, man, Phoenix, they caught a lot of breaks, right? <laughs> Phoenix caught a lot of breaks. And do I think Phoenix was the best team in the conference? No, I don't. Uh, I don't. I just don't. I think when healthy, I think the Lakers, I thought the Lakers were the best team in the conference. Uh, when healthy, I thought the Nuggets were a serious contender to get out of the Western Conference. When healthy. When healthy, I thought the Clippers were a bit better than Phoenix, but those teams weren't healthy. Uh, Phoenix saw those teams. You know, obviously, we all know what happened with the with the Lakers and AD in that situation. We all know Jamal Murray was hurt prior to the playoffs, so they played the Nuggets team with no Jamal Murray. And then we obviously know from this previous series, Kawhi Leonard, um, he did not play at all due to his knee. So. People look back in this, you know, this playoff run that the that the Suns made and be like, oh man, you know, they caught a lot of breaks, right? Like Phoenix caught a lot of breaks. That's what we, that's what people are gonna say when they look back at this Founders run. Like they caught a lot of breaks. Um, but Chris Paul, like I said, there's still value in having Chris Paul and having a true point guard like Chris Paul. And boy, oh boy, the true point guards, they're a dying breed. And Chris Paul is literally the last of it. And this kind of speaks to I'm gonna move um lastly just last lastly I want to move on to the Clippers I want to move on to the Clippers uh the team that was that that was beaten by the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference Finals in six games like I said the Clippers really don't have their they don't they they shouldn't be disappointed uh, I'm obviously they want to win that's the main goal. You want to walk away with the trophy, but we obviously know that some unfortunate situations and injuries had happened and trans and transpired. So, you know, Kawhi obviously Kawhi being their best player, uh, Zubak, no, Serge Ibaka who missed the entire playoffs, the entire he missed the entirety of the playoffs. So, you know, that's tough to overcome, and it goes back to my point earlier that I made about, okay, even when a team doesn't have their best player or their superstar player, whatever you want to call it, right? And they find a way to win a game or two, then we automatically put this question and we run with this narrative and we ask, is this team better than with is this team better without such and such? And usually such and such is a superstar. So it kind of goes back to my point with this with Kawhi. You know, you lost Kawhi. Yes, Paul George has some really phenomenal moments where I feel like he kind of regained his reputation. He got some more, you know, I, I think he got some more some for lack of a better words, street cred on his back. Like, he got more respect, I feel like. there. I feel like he earned some more respect um, that, you know, that was lost. And, um, and by the way, by the way, because I wanted to address this, we got to stop getting this. And this kind of goes back a little bit to accountability. We got to stop getting our panties in a bunch when someone went like Paul George, for instance, right? And people, I see people all the time. Why do you guys criticize Paul George? Why do y'all criticize Paul George so much? Why do you criticize him? Because he 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 played bad. 
He didn't play. He, he played bad. That's why when you play like it comes with the it comes with the territory. Like and this is what I mean about being able to carry a franchise and being the guy you can be like everybody wants to be the guy on the court. But when they when a guy when when somebody plays bad and where a team loses, and I'm not saying this is necessarily Paul George, but I'm talking about the people that are that are whining about how certain people are criticizing Paul George after a bad game. Yeah, last postseason, Paul George was awful. In the bubble, Paul George was awful. And like I, and I know he mentioned mental health and so forth, but he was awful and when a guy does not perform up to par we criticize and when a guy plays well we celebrate him we surround him with adulation so this whole just in statement that people keep making why do you guys criticize Paul George because it comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. When you play great, we give you compliments. We call you, we give you nicknames and so forth. And we, we you know, we, but when you play bad, you got to be criticized. It's just simple analyzation of basketball. That's all. It's not important, personal. But back to my, my main point. The Clippers, I think they should run it back. Uh, I do. I, I do. I, I I really do think they should run it back because they have a really good roster. Um, I, I obviously the coach Ty Ty he proved himself. He proved his worth. I kind of figure. I always like Ty Lue as a coach, and people always say, "Well, he coached LeBron." You think it's easy to coach LeBron James? Like you think it's easy to handle? A, a, a ego such as LeBron James, and I'm not saying LeBron is like you know, because and, and and maybe no, LeBron is kind of difficult. <laughs> LeBron is kind of difficult, but most star players of that caliber are difficult. So that's why I give I give me personally, I gave Ty Lue a bit more. I gave him a bit more props. For what he did with LeBron in Cleveland, than what other people did, because other people looking at it like, oh, it's LeBron, so like, of course you're gonna win. Like, but it's still difficult to coach LeBron James. Like, it's like that ego mentality. He's he, he's a he's a star. Like, he's a mega star. It's still very difficult to coach that. Um, and I'm not trying to make it seem like LeBron is a bad guy. LeBron's not a bad guy, but it's just like he's a superstar. Superstar player, he's tough to coach. Um, and Kyrie's Kyrie's tough to coach. Um, so I, I always gave Tyloo his his uh props for that. But Tyloo definitely proved how good of a coach he was this postseason. Um, with the way how the Clippers played and with his coaching adjustments. So I do think they should run it back. Obviously, Reggie Jackson, he's gonna be looking for a new contract. He he deserves it. Um, so the Clippers got a nice, they got a, they got a, they got a good core group of guys. Um, they, they got to stay healthy, obviously. And with Kawhi, we don't know how, we really don't know how serious that injury is. Um, we don't, I mean, nothing was torn, more of a sprain. So that's fine. But, um, and he had, obviously he had had plenty of time to heal, but uh, the Clippers got to just stay healthy. That's the main thing. They got to stay healthy. You know, Kawhi gets hurt in the playoffs. You know, no Serge Ibaka in the playoffs. You know, guys just getting hurt. So they got to they gotta figure out a way to stay healthy. But I would definitely run it back with this team um, because I think they, they, you know, obviously they were right there. They were two games away from the finals, uh, a place where the, the Clippers have never been. Uh, they got to a place that the Clippers have never been in the Western Conference Finals. So it's definitely steps being taken. Um, I know Bomber wants it to happen right now, <laughs> but uh, it's not. Uh, and like I said, unforeseen reasonings 
reasons with Kawhi. Kawhi's injury was one, you know, was big and major, but also guys like Ibaka and Zubak. Um, and like I said, Paul George individually, as an individual, I think he plays better without Kawhi. Like offensively, I think he plays a little bit better. You know, he gets touches. He gets to put the ball on the floor, feel the ball. You know, he he just gets he, – he, he like, everything is running through him. So he felt more confident uh, about himself and his game. So And you can see that. You can you can definitely see that. Um, individually, I think he's, he's better without Kawhi. But as a team as a whole with the Clippers, I don't think so. I don't. Um, so, yeah, I think the Clippers should run it back. Uh, Give it another shot. A lot of teams had injuries this year, but, you know, hurt the Clippers hard. Hit hit the Clippers hard. Uh, I know there's some rumors out there about Kawhi to Dallas, possibly Kawhi to Miami. I'm going to keep my eye on that, Um, especially Kawhi to Dallas. That would be very, very, very interesting Uh, if that would – if that even was – like close to coming true, that would be very interesting to see how that transpired. But um, this I'm gonna leave it right here. I'm gonna leave it right here. I hope you guys enjoyed Saturday's episode. Uh, catch you guys next week. Next week, we should by next week, by the next episode, I'm hoping that we would have um, I our finals matchup, the NBA finals matchup set and ready. So I can talk about it and break it down. I may bring somebody on to break it down. Help me break it down with me. Um, always remember two choices, one decision. We talked about choices and decisions uh, and accountability. What's the word of the day? Accountability. You know, be accountable. If you did something, you know, you got to you got to you got to take the punches. Um, you know, you know the old saying, if you can't if you can't do the time, don't do the crime, you know. Um, but keep that, you know, July the 4th, national holiday. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, fireworks and so forth. Be safe. Without further ado, I'll let you guys go. Peace, deuces. I'm gone.